You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And Titans fans, I have been watching a ton of football content the last two days to get ready for today's show. It is Rewatch Wednesday, and I am excited to bring you all of my additional analysis, my extra notes, some additional insights that I picked up from rewatching the coaches' tape, both on offense and defense defense for the Titans in their loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I have some schematic notes to share with you. I have some individual performances that I want to highlight and talk about and then talk about some of the statistics that have come out from the game that back up what I saw on tape. So a lot of good information about the Titans offense and defense that I'm going to be sharing with you today on this rewatch Wednesday after my additional viewings of the coaches tape from the Titans game against the Steelers. And that will help us close the book on the game against Pittsburgh. But before we get into the rewatch Wednesday portion of our show, the Titans did make quite a few roster moves today. They did add a fan favorite back into the organization. Also, we saw a Nashville native make his first appearance with the Tennessee Titans. So some good information to share with you on how the Titans are getting ready, getting their roster ready for a game against the Cincinnati Bengals this week. And then we will go into our rewatch conversation going over my additional analysis from watching the coaches tape over the last two days. So a great rewatch Wednesday ahead for us today. Remember tomorrow will be our first day of preparation for that game against the Cincinnati Bengals. It'll be a crossover Thursday and we will have the hosts from Locked On Bengals on the show to get us ready and give us a perspective from Cincinnati on how the Bengals season is going And then on Friday, we have our Football Friday game preview on the Locked On Titans podcast. Going to give you my keys to victory. Going to give you my players to watch. Fantasy, gambling, injury, score prediction, everything you could want from a game preview I will have for you on a Football Friday of the Locked On Titans podcast. So make sure that you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever platform you do stream, make sure that you are locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast. But it is Rewatch Wednesday, and we have a lot to talk about. Let's get it. The Tennessee 
Tennessee Titans continued to shuffle their roster on Tuesday as they have done all season in preparation for a Sunday matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals on the road in Cincinnati. And the Titans had two open roster spots going into Tuesday. They were at 51 players on the active roster and they quickly filled those two spots early in the morning by elevating two players from their practice squad. And the first player is a fan favorite special teams ace linebacker Darren Bates who has spent the previous past few years with the Tennessee Titans. He will be filling a spot opened up by the release of another Titans fan favorite linebacker and Will Compton. Of course, Compton was released on Monday from the Titans. So Bates will fill that fifth linebacker spot behind Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, David Long, and other special teams ace Nick DeZubnar. And then the other open roster spot, the 53rd spot on the active roster was filled by offensive tackle David Questenberry, who will be activated off the Titans practice squad. Questenberry as well has spent time with the Titans throughout previous seasons and has bounced up and down from the practice squad in the game day active roster throughout the year. Now, Questenberry is an interesting addition to the roster because of what it signals for Titans offensive tackle rookie out of Georgia, Isaiah Wilson. And of course, Isaiah Wilson is on the active 53-man roster, but at this point in time, if Questenberry is being activated from the practice squad onto the active roster for the Titans, then that most likely means that Isaiah Wilson, while being on the active 53, will most likely not be active for the game on the 48-man roster that's activated for Sunday. So that would be a consecutive week in a row here that Isaiah Wilson would be on the active roster, but not actually be on the game day activated list. So an, another hit in the process for Isaiah Wilson, who just can't see to get right even in a moment when the Tennessee Titans actually do need him very much with the loss of Taylor Lewan. So the additional tackle depth will be by David Questenberry and unfortunately not from Titans rookie Isaiah Wilson. Now that leaves two practice squad spots open for the Tennessee Titans as they have elevated David Questenberry and Darren Bates and those two practice squad spots were filled on Tuesday as well. The first spot being filled by the fan favorite linebacker who was released on Monday and that is Will Compton. So essentially what has happened here is Darren Bates and Will Compton have traded places. And the reason for that is Darren Bates had been elevated to the Titans' active game day roster while still being on the Titans' practice squad two weeks in a row. And per the new adjusted NFL practice squad rules, that would be the last time that the Titans could bring Bates up to the active roster from the practice squad. So they went ahead and put Darren Bates on the active roster to take Will Compton's place, but brought Will Compton back to the practice squad. And there is a pretty good chance that Compton is elevated to the game day roster still, even though he is on the practice squad now. The second practice squad spot 
spot was filled by a Nashville native, offensive lineman Paul Adams, who is six foot six, three hundred and fifteen pounds, played college football at Missouri. He spent time in the NFL on the practice squads of the New York Giants and the Washington football team last season in 2019. So Adams will get an opportunity to play for his hometown team. I'm sure it's an exciting opportunity for him and the Titans clearly need some help at tackle so there is a chance he will be able to stick on the practice squad throughout the rest of the season. And then finally, the Titans did declare their protected practice squad players on Tuesday and those players will be quarterback Trevor Simeon, kicker Tucker McCann, running back Deontay Foreman, and then linebacker Tazar Skipper, who of course his importance is elevated now that the Titans have moved Darren Bates up to the active roster. So that is a roundup of all of the roster moves that the Titans did make on Tuesday. It is time to get into the re-watch Wednesday portion of our show where I go over all of my additional analysis, my extra insights that I got from re-watching the coaches tape multiple times over the last two days. So step into the film room with me as I point out some schematic things, but also point out some individual things that I picked up while re-watching the coaches tape of the offense and the defense we are going to start off talking about the offense and then move over into the defense to cap off today's show so excited to get into this re-watch Wednesday with all of you guys before we do that I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com we are getting into the fall we are getting into the winter as the weather change it is a really really important time to upkeep your vehicle make sure you're performing that routine maintenance that is necessary to keep it rolling during the more difficult months on your vehicle. That's just a reality of the situation as the weather gets a little bit more harsh and the temperatures start to drop. And not only do you need to focus on maintaining your vehicle, but you need to focus on doing it the most cost-effective way and the most efficient way possible. And that is going to be with rockauto.com. Consider this, when you go to a chain store, you're limited by what they actually have in stock. They may not have the part that you need. Also, at chain stores, often they'll give you different price tiers, whether you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer. You're never going to run into that issue with rockauto.com, who has the best prices, and they're always reliably low and the same for everyone. Plus, the rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to use. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, all the different brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com right now to shop for your auto and body parts needs from hundreds of different manufacturers. And when you go to RockAuto.com right now to check out all the parts available for your car or truck, make sure that you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box right underneath your shipping information so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low price all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com It 
is rewatch Wednesday. So let's go over all of my additional analysis, the extra insights that I picked up from rewatching the coaches tape over the last few days. And I'm going to start with the Titans offense. And I'm just going to go through my list of notes here, kind of give you guys my scrambled thoughts as I'm jotting down notes and trying to pick up on things that are occurring over and over that are, you know, making a difference in the game. So let's talk mostly about what the Steelers did to the Titans offense. We are going to start with the Titans offense. I want to focus on how the Steelers on defense decided to play the Titans. So the Steelers stayed in their base 3-4, their base defense with four linebackers, three defensive linemen out on the field, two safeties, two cornerbacks for most of this game. And one of the reasons they're able to do that is because their front four gets so much pressure that it, it takes pressure off of the people in coverage. So you can have a guy like Robert Spillane at linebacker uh, or Williams at linebacker playing in pass coverage and you're not putting them in as difficult of a situation as most linebackers deal with when they play the Titans because the pass rush is getting there so quickly and the pressure is on Ryan Tannehill so fast. So it kind of eliminates some of the things that the Titans are able to do because Tannehill doesn't quite have time to make those throws. So the Steelers stayed in base 3-4 defense. And one thing that I want to point out right off the bat is the Titans use a lot of pre-snap motion and what they were doing is they were coming out in two tight end sets, uh, a tight end and a fullback and then two wide receivers, Corey Davis on one side, AJ Brown on the other. Well, the Titans would run one of those wide receivers in motion to the other side in hopes that they would get the Steelers defense to travel with them. Well, even if the Steelers' defense was in man coverage, that cornerback would not go across the field to the other side with the wide receiver that they started on. They would just pass the man assignment along, and then the inside linebacker on the side of the two wide receivers would then have man responsibility on the Titans' inside wide receiver. What this freed up was that cornerback on the other side where the Titans had a wide receiver and motioned them away to the other side, that Steelers' cornerback just pressed up to the line of scrimmage. And they were darting in from the perimeter. So what happens is Derrick Henry is getting these zone runs and he has the opportunity to go play side towards the side it looks like it's supposed to go or he can cut back. Well, the Steelers' perimeter defenders, these cornerbacks, when they're not following the wide receiver across the formation and man coverage, and the edge rushers for the Steelers, Watt, Dupree, uh, Johnson, who they would have, number 57, Alexander Johnson, these guys would just dart into the backfield and not give Derrick Henry any opportunity to cut back. The Titans' plays take a little bit of time to develop. Those zone runs take time for the hole to open up that Derrick Henry actually has to go through. The bootlegs that the Titans run, it takes time to get through that play-action fake, to get to the bootleg, to get to that over-the-middle pass that the Titans are looking to hit. Well, if the Titans don't have time to do that in the run game because the Steelers are are just absolutely crashing in the edge with their cornerbacks, with their edge rushers. They're just crashing down on those cutback lanes. Derrick Henry doesn't have time to, one, get up to speed, and two, have time for the holes to open up in the zone run offense that the Titans obviously have built their team around. So the Steelers were doing a great job of being aggressive on the edges and diving in those corners to take away cutback lanes and take away those bootleg timings. And then also, they combined that 
with blitzing up the middle. So sometimes the Steelers would take Bud Dupree, line him up as a middle linebacker, which we've seen the Titans do a little bit with Jadavian Clowney, and have Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree blitz right up the A-gap, right through where Ben Jones is, and Roger Saffold and Nate Davis just blitzing right through those gaps between the center and the guard. Not only were they doing it with Bud Dupree, but they were doing it with Williams as well. Just blitzing straight up the middle. And these are the type of things when the Steelers are getting penetration on the Titans' interior offensive line. It just disrupts the timing of the Titans' combo blocks in their zone scheme. It disrupts the timing in those play-action boots because the, the Titans just simply weren't ready for the pressure and the aggressiveness that the Steelers' defense was bringing. So that was a big part of the play is the quick penetration up the middle and the crashing of the edges by the Steelers' defense. An individual note that I want to point out here is how poor Derrick Henry was in pass protection. Makes it very difficult for the Titans' offense to not tip their hand because they have to take Derrick Henry off the field on passing plays because he's so bad in pass protection. Pro Football Focus had him at a 22.6 pass blocking grade, and I would say the tape matches up. He gave up multiple pressures on Ryan Tannehill, gave up a sack on Tannehill, just very, very poor in pass protection from Derrick Derrick Henry. Along with that aggressive penetration from the Steelers' front front line, they were also pressing the line of scrimmage and man coverage, not giving the Titans any of their easy throws. They were switching that then and going zone and third and long and dropping back. And because the Steelers do something the Titans don't do very well, they can send only four people and get pressure on the quarterback and drop eight into zone coverage. When the Titans were in third and longs, they just had no chance whatsoever. The Steelers play such sound zone defense and get pressure so easily with just their front four guys that the Titans just had no opportunity to make anything work. And it took advantage of something that Ryan Tannehill doesn't necessarily do very well well. And this is another individual note that I want to point out. Tannehill struggles with throws with anticipation. He doesn't see the zone and know where the guy is going to be, where the throw needs to be. Tannehill is a guy, he sees it and he rips it in there. He needs to see it to a point. And that's why this play action system works so well with Tannehill because it gives him easy reads and easy you know, easy opportunities. He's going to have to hurry a ball in over the middle. He's going to have to gun it in there, but it's it's obvious where he needs to throw the ball. It's all about him fitting it in. When the Steelers are dropping back in this zone coverages with seven people and just playing great, solid assignment sound zone coverage, the only way you're going to beat that is by anticipating where the hole is going to be in the zone. And a lot of the time, Ryan Tannehill was off. He was inaccurate on throws where you had to do that. There were times where Corey Davis sat down in the correct hole in the zone and Tannehill didn't read it correctly. There were plays where Adam Humphreys was going to be open coming through a hole in a zone and Tannehill didn't see it or didn't read it correctly. So Tannehill struggles throwing the ball with anticipation. He's more of a see it and then just rip it in there. So the Steelers took advantage on third and long of what he doesn't do well. Also, another individual performance, Ben Jones at center really struggled. Something the Steelers' defense was doing is they had a shade on the nose tackle. So rather than being head up with Ben Jones, they were putting their nose tackle on Ben Jones' shoulder. 
And something that the Steelers were doing is they were shifting their defensive line and their linebackers late in the snap. It's something that we've seen people do against the Titans before. The Vikings did this quite a bit. I also do believe that the Titans saw the Broncos do this a lot. This is something the Broncos did. They were waiting for the Titans to choose which side they want to run the ball. The Titans come out, they line up on the ball, and then Ryan Tannehill chooses which side to run the ball to. The Steelers were letting the Titans make that audible, and then late in the game clock, the play clock, they were shifting their defensive line and shifting that shaded nose tackle. And when Ben Jones has a guy on his outside shoulder and he's got to somehow get to that guy's outside shoulder to block him, it's very difficult to do. And in response, Ben Jones had a difficult day along with the interior pressure that the Steelers were bringing on blitzes up the middle that I mentioned earlier. Just a very difficult day for Ben Jones. He was a little bit slow on a lot of plays and he really struggled. He had a 58.6 overall grade per pro football focus, 47.8 grade in pass block just really struggled with the Steelers' aggressive interior pressure. Also, the Steelers, like I mentioned, weren't moving their corners around. They also had the opportunity to line up in four-man fronts and bring Bud Dupree on those interior blitzes, so they were mixing up the fronts on the Titans, and because of their personnel, they were able to do so. Also, some in- uh, some individual performances. Corey Davis, Jonu Smith both really struggled on the edge in pass blocking and run blocking. They didn't hold up very well against the safeties, the linebackers, and the edge defenders for the Steelers. And then one counter that the Titans did have, the reality is the Titans just started playing better individually in the second half. I'm going to reiterate that when we talk about defense too. There wasn't big schematic changes, but if there was one schematic change the Titans made, especially in the fourth quarter when Derrick Henry got going a little bit, is they quit motioning. And one thing there is, like I said, the Steelers were paying attention to where the Titans motioned, and then they were shifting their linebackers and shifting their defensive line right before the snap. The Titans quit running motion and just started quick snapping the ball so that the Steelers couldn't shift their line to where the Titans were running the ball, and that helped them in the fourth quarter. But that's really the only big adjustment that the Titans made on offense in the second half. But that is going to round out the offensive portion of this Rewatch Wednesday. We are going to move into the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to break down all the additional tidbits I saw from rewatching the coaches' tape multiple times, talking about that Titans defense that let them down early in in the game in the first half. Before we jump into that, I want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. When we first had our deal going with Built Bar, they had their 12 original flavors and you guys sold out their inventory. But now the promo code is relaunched and Built Bar is back and better than ever with even more delicious flavors. They have six new flavors to debut for you guys. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. The bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and it's not just the taste. They're also great for any health-conscious guy or girl. Low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and best of all, now that the Built Bar promo code is relaunched, you can use promo code Locked On and get 20% off your next order, and you get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com.
Let's cap off this rewatch Wednesday by transitioning over to the defensive side of the football for the Titans. And of course, the defense let the Titans down early in this game and let the Steelers get out to a pretty big lead at halftime. And in yesterday's show, in our Tick Tack 4-pack, which of course you need to follow me on Twitter at Tick Tack Titans so you can check out that visual breakdown that went along with the Tick Tack 4-pack segment on yesterday's show. In that Tick Tack 4-pack, we talked about the third and longs, the three third and longs that the Steelers converted in that first half. And one of the big problems that the Titans were having is it's a combination of scheme and talent, quite frankly. One, the Titans don't have the talent to press the Steelers' wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. Jonathan Joseph and Ty Smith cannot press Deontay Johnson. He, they just can't. They don't have the talent, the ability to do that. It's asking them to do it would would be a mistake as well when you know that they can't. But the problem is Big Ben, unlike Josh Allen. So remember the game plan against Josh Allen. The game plan against Lamar Jackson is mush rush. Uh, keep them in the pocket. Make them make accurate throws all day long. Well, the opposite side of that is Deshaun Watson and Ben Roethlisberger, who if you ask them to do that, well, by golly, they will. And they'll cut cut you up, carve you up all day long. Well, basically, that's just what we saw. The Titans tried to bring pressure against Ben Roethlisberger, but they have a good offensive line. And the pressure wasn't getting there, and it was leaving their cornerbacks out to dry. But if the Titans didn't bring pressure, and they just sat back in zone coverage, or man coverage, well, then their front four, just rushing four, wouldn't be able to get enough pressure to do anything, and Big Ben would just sit back there and carve apart the Titans' defense the same as he would if there was pressure. So the Titans ultimately decided to do a combination, try to bring four-man pressures, but always with a blitz, dropping someone off the defensive line and then blitzing a linebacker, blitzing a cornerback, blitzing a safety, dropping somebody off the defensive line, usually Harold Landry, sometimes Clowney. Um, They would put Rashawn Evans on the defensive line and then drop him back into coverage while they blitz somebody from a different position. They were trying to blitz four so that they could keep people back in coverage, but they just weren't getting any pressure on Ben Roethlisberger, and the the Steelers were clearly focused on throwing quick and short and outside because they knew that their guy, Deontay Johnson, could not be covered by the Titans' cornerback and Ty Smith or Jonathan Joseph. They just knew it. So they knew that if the Titans sat back in coverage, then it's basically a one-on-one matchup either in man or in cover two flat with Johnson versus Smith or Joseph, and that's going to be a win. Or it's going to be man coverage, and Johnson is going to be able to beat Smith or Joseph. So Big Ben just knew he had he just had to get the ball out quick, get it to Deontay Johnson, and they'd be good to go. In the second half, that changed because Christian Fulton went out and Chris Jackson came in, and that was about getting out quick to Juju Smith-Schuster and just letting your talent win. Big Ben just needed to be a game manager. They didn't have to throw the ball down the field because the Titans' third cornerback out there, their outside corner, couldn't cover There's nothing that the Titans could do. And that may lead you to the question of, well, what changed? Well, one, one of the things that was hurting the Titans early is not just in the passing game, but also outside runs. The Steelers just wanted to attack the perimeter for the Titans, attack their cornerbacks, attack their edges. 
And the reality is, is that Clowney was miserable in run defense. He gives up the edge so easy. Landry didn't do a great job in run defense. The Steelers' tackles dominated the Titans' outside linebackers, dominated the Titans' cornerbacks getting out on the edge. Uh, it was it was pretty embarrassing from that note. Uh, also, Jayon Brown, just terrible in run defense. He has been all year. I don't know what else to say. Uh, he's getting caught in no man's land over and over again. If you're going to shoot a gap, then shoot it aggressively. And make a mistake, but make it aggressively, playing hard. If you're going to try to keep gap integrity and stay in your gap, then you have to hold up better against blockers, against second-level linemen coming up to get you. You just have to shed blocks better. It has to be one or the other. And Jayon Brown right now is kind of getting caught in between, playing fat, flat-footed, playing slow, and he's just not been good enough in run defense. Been um, one of the big problems that the Titans are having. Not only that, the Titans' backup defensive line came in. It was terrible. Again, Larell Murchison, Isaiah Mack, a lot of the good runs that the Steelers had, productive runs, were when they were in. Pro Football Focus had a pretty good run defense grade on Larell Murchison. I don't really see it. Uh... Uh, of course, the the best runs that they had on the day were with Mack and Murchison in at the interior defensive line, and it's obvious now that teams are targeting them when they rotate in for a possession or for a few snaps. The opposing team will go into shotgun so that the Titans don't have their base defense to help them out, and they'll run the ball in shotgun with Murchison and Mack as the two interior defensive linemen, and it works like a charm every time every single team that's tried to do it so far this year. So that's something that's really hurting the Titans, but... They're having trouble getting pressure on the quarterback, so they have to rotate their defensive linemen and try to keep them fresh to give themselves a chance. So now, let's talk about what changed in the second half. It wasn't a schematic difference. The Titans were still mixing up their coverages, man, cover three, cover two, uh, running blitzes from different places, dropping people off the line of scrimmage into coverage. They were still doing all of that. Now they blitzed five people a little bit more often and I also just felt like this was my big takeaway they just gave the Steelers offense less respect they were still giving them cushion on the outsides but not eight to ten yards five to six yards they were also being more aggressive like I talked about with Jayon Brown they were being more aggressive about attacking the line of scrimmage the Steelers did not beat the Titans deep all day long so they had to kind of say hey we're not going to focus so much on preventing uh, a deep ball. We need to focus more on attacking the line of scrimmage and attacking Ben Roethlisberger, who's throwing short every play. So the Titans were just more aggressive in their front seven against the run, attacking the line of scrimmage, being the aggressors, rather than having the Steelers put it on them and pop them in the mouth first. And then in the secondary, the Titans gave the Steelers wide receivers less respect. They gave them less cushion, and they were more aggressive attacking their short routes. And that allowed them to get some incompletions. But also, the reality is, the Steelers' offense still played pretty well in the second half. The Titans were just able to force some turnovers. And Jeffrey Simmons just made a play on that on that second interception of the game, the first of the second half. Big Ben had his guy open, and Jeff Simmons just got in the way and tipped the ball up for an interception. The Titans' coverage was still not great on that play. And then you look at Jayon Brown, who had great coverage on the second interception of the half, the third of the day. Jayon Brown had great coverage on Juju Smith-Schuster going up the middle, but Big Ben just made a really poor throw. Just a stupid decision. He shouldn't have done that. 
quite frankly, he should have thrown the ball out of bounds and taken the field goal. So it wasn't something that the Titans did. The Titans had been playing that cover two hole uh, with Jayon Brown covering the hole in the cover two in the middle of the whole game. That's something that they had done all game. But Big Ben just got impatient and tried to force one in and end the game. So the reality is, on offense and defense for the Titans, they didn't do much different in the second half. They just played better. They just played better. They just executed better. The line blocked better for the offense. That was the big difference. The line blocked much better, protected much better. On defense, the Titans just gave the Steelers' offense less respect, got more in their face, got more aggressive, played a little bit closer to the wide receivers, were a little more aggressive in their penetration on the defensive line. So the Titans just played better, and that's why I felt great coming out of the game that the Titans are just as good of a team, if not a better team, than I thought going into the game. Because when they played better, they were the better team on the field. Nothing really changed schematically. Just the Titans players played better in the second half, and it made them the better team on the field. So if the Steelers played the way they played the whole game, and the Titans played the way they played in the second half the whole game, the Titans win that game, probably by 10. So, will the Titans be able to play a second-half-worthy performance if they get to play Pittsburgh again for a whole game? Maybe not. Maybe that's, you know, the Steelers are a good team too, and they prevented the Titans from playing their best half, or at least playing decent football. I wouldn't even say the Titans played their best half in the second half. The Titans didn't play all that well. They just played better. So that gives me hope for the Titans going forward. But that's going to do it for this rewatch Wednesday of the Locked on Titans podcast. We are going to close the book now on that Pittsburgh Steelers game. We are going to move towards preparation for the Cincinnati Bengals. That will begin tomorrow in a crossover Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast when we have a good talk with the host of the Locked on Bengals podcast. So make sure that you don't miss that. Subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.